1: My name is Keisha Hill, and welcome to Impact in Jamaica. The United States Agency for International Development USAID Positive Pathways Activity in Jamaica, implemented by Democracy International, is a five-year US $15 million activity that aims to build community and family resilience to reduce youth involvement in crime and violence. Uh, Joining us today is Paul Teeple, Chief of Party for the USAID Positive Pathways activity, who will tell us more about this ongoing project. Uh, Mr. Teeple, thank you for joining us on Impacting Jamaica.
2: Thank you, Keisha.
1: First off, uh, when was the USAID Positive Pathways activity started in Jamaica?
2: Kisha, we started this project uh, just over a year ago. It's part of a larger cooperation between the United States and Jamaica. Uh, All
1: right. So why was it necessary to start the project in Jamaica? Why was Jamaica chosen?
2: Well, this is, as I say, it's part of a larger cooperation between the United States and Jamaica. And it's necessary because, unfortunately, because of the overall situation of violence in Jamaica, especially violence in the hotspot communities. Um, I think. Many of us know Jamaica's murder rates now around 47 murders per 100,000 inhabitants. That's currently the fifth highest in the world, and a lot of good people here are working night and day to address this challenge. Uh, so this activity is designed to work with Jamaican organizations, Jamaican leaders, Jamaican community members, all levels, to support those violent reduction efforts and increase uh, and create a meaningful and lasting change.
1: Okay, what were some of the objectives when it began? I know you've spoken about trying to assist with violence, but I wanted to go a little more in depth to speak about some of the initiatives that you have been able to implement.
2: First of all, in, the, in terms of the goals and going maybe a little deeper into that, uh, we're working in partnership with Jamaicans at all levels, like I said, but our real aim here is to help parents, caregivers, and vulnerable youth develop or strengthen their resilience to violence and equip them with what we would say three essential assets. First of all, it's individual emotional strength, it's constructive skills to lead them to positive outcomes and evidence shows that we all need optimism and opportunities for a better future. And so that we believe that if if youth and parents and caregivers, and and we, we talk about caregivers, as part of the parenting group, because not all of us are fortunate enough to be raised by our biological parents. Many of us are raised, or supported by a grandmother, by an aunt, by a neighbor, uh, by another wonderful person in our community. So it's important that we when we're talking about those influencers in the lives of youth, that we include the caregivers, not just the parents. And so we believe that if they have the strength, the skills, the optimisms, and the real sort of slash viable pathways, then they can actually reduce crime and violence in in their lives and in their communities.
1: What are some of the target communities and how were they selected based on the information we have here? It seems to be uh, right across the island, um, Kingston, St. Catherine, Clarendon, and St. James. But you can give us some more detail as to where are some of these communities and why were they chosen?
2: Sure, sure. And thanks for asking because this uh, this is really important to, to note and why why just these 12 and not every community in the Island is, as well, because everyone says, what about my community or what about this community? Uh, first of all, we wanted to target 12 communities where we have a better chance of having an impact. And we could learn from that, from those experiences and then take those experiences and share them in other places. But we felt we, we needed to focus in order to go deeper and do a better job. So we went through a long process, uh, last year about this time and we talked with over 170 leaders at all levels in jamaica uh, from within the government within communities within the uh, cso's the private sectors to develop this list of communities and we were looking for communities that first of all that have a great need communities that uh, are priority hotspot communities uh, already identified as important by the government of Jamaica. Uh, we were looking for evidence of dedicated local leadership, people that we could work with and who wanted to work with us, and, uh, and then communities where those experiences could could be transferred to others. So we came up with this list. It's um, Jonestown, Hannah Town, and Denham Town in Kingston and St. Andrew. Nagohead Gregory Park, and Newland in st catherine maypen effortville and palmer's cross and clarendon and then in st james it's uh, with the communities of flanker salt spring and norwood
1: okay and these communities seems to be some of the hot spots in in jamaica especially in st james
2: Yes, you're right. All of them are on a list—a list of Jamaican government as priority communities based on existing or growing levels of violence, um, and and yet some of them, um, say for you know, for so example, Salt Spring and Norwood and Flanker, um, Denham Town ha- are. Are particularly hot spots at this moment. And so, uh, and, and areas that the government of Jamaica has, has dedicated even more resources and more attention to this. And so, it's important for us to work within those frameworks and be supportive uh, of the efforts of the different entities of the Jamaican government and the different community forces as well that are all trying to work for the same, to achieve the same things.
1: Okay, what are what have been some of the intervention programs in these communities. And you've just mentioned that some of these areas are still hot spots, uh, but you can still say how they have improved since the project began.
2: Okay, well, for the first year, we've one of the things that we've worked the hardest to do is just to engage local leadership groups, to listen to them, to better understand them, to try to earn their trust because we wanna be their partners in this, on this pathway. Um, we've trained over 75 people across the island, including leaders in every one of these communities in what we call basic and cross-cutting skills that we think should be a part of many violence prevention or youth engagement or parenting uh, engagement activities for whatever purpose. For example, how to apply a social and behavioral science approach to violence prevention, how to incorporate a positive youth development approach into those activities, and how to intentionally use sport as a tool for development. We've used a a mixture of virtual and um, and face-to-face trainings to achieve this. uh, We also started training over 100 parents. From all communities in financial literacy skills. This is an area that has been identified of of great need and great interest for parents to be able to support their families. They need to be able to earn more and to manage the money that they have in a better, in a more productive way or more efficient and productive way. So we've started this and we're gonna continue that into next year. Just recently, uh, we've started a series of small grant activities. And so I'll give you a couple of examples of this. And in Jonestown, one of our partners just completed a peace building activity with 20 children uh, from the Jonestown Primary School. And those youth were able to, talk about conflict resolution skills, or these are children ages 10 to 13. And one of the cool things they did, they created a video to share with their parents in the community about how they want to be forces for peace and how they want to help other people stop the violence. Um, In Gregory Park, we just completed uh, through one of our partners there, we completed a series of parent-child workshops where parents and their children would come together on weekends and work together in creative activities and all designed to help them communicate better to make better decision better decisions together and one of a a critical thing in violence prevention in any country is to have better stronger parent child engagement and so this was a great activity um, there in Gregory Park around that. And we've got 13 more small grant activities launching in the next few weeks, focusing on life skills, conflict resolution, parenting engagement, linking youth to better opportunities through education and employment. And through all of these, we're gonna reach over 500 youth parents and caregivers in just the next few weeks.
1: So basically under the project, you provide grants to build family-based models and you build family and youth resilience you are you're also improving parental engagement and providing life skills vocational and entrepreneurship training and strengthening other evidence-based violence prevention tools now it's going to be interesting for you to tell us how receptive have these communities been so the implementation of the project in their areas?
2: Well, it's, you know, I have a, a different, unique perspective uh, because I'm not a Jamaican. Uh, and so I might see some things that others don't see, but I know that my team members see things that I don't see. But I think we can all conclude that the reception so far has been very strong. Uh, I would say very receptive. Um, there, the community members and community leaders, leaders, they're eager for opportunities. They've they've been really suffering over the past year and a half with COVID and being locked up and and seeing their sources of of income. Uh, locked up or deprived they've been they've their kids not being in school they, they've been dealing with tremendous challenges and so they're eager for new opportunities but they've been telling us some very interesting things as well uh, and important things so when you talk about how receptive they are it's receptive but under there's conditions that that we need to consider um, when we work with communities and if I could I'd, I'd like to explain those a little bit the first one is that the community leaders, community members, are always always telling us that we have to meet the community members where they are. I can't I can't tell you how many times I've heard that phrase since I since I moved to Jamaica last year. Uh, so what does that mean? We have got to adjust our training times, our training methods, so that they're appropriate and engaging for the audiences that we want to reach. The uh, the second thing is they're telling us that the community must be part of the program design. The uh, Community members are telling us too many times people have come into the community and said, we're gonna do this and we're gonna do that. Um, and what they're asking us to do is to come in and talk with them and listen to them and include them as part of this construct- consultative uh, process and so that we can design activities that work better. What works best in Jonestown may not be the same approach that you need to take in Gregory Park. And so we need to listen and adjust and uh, to, to be guided by the local experts. And finally, uh, what folks are telling us is these cannot be one-off activities. Are one and done, we must help community leaders develop the skills necessary, necessary so they can replicate and continue these activities long after uh, long after our funding is gone.
1: How long will this project uh, be ongoing in Jamaica?
2: It will be until uh, 2025.
1: Okay, so there's quite a bit of work
2: quite a bit of time, yes.
1: right, and quite a bit of work that like, still needs to be done. In these communities, uh, the communities that you mentioned earlier, will they be the only ones on the program until 2025?
2: That's to be determined. We we leave the door open uh, to expand if we need to, and we have, for example, we have a windows of opportunity grant fund that if a if a community that is contiguous to one of those 12 communities, if there was an upshoot in crime or conditions worsened and there were a real need or a new opportunity to do something, we could uh, use that fund to to engage the community and try to help work with them to find solutions. And this is important because these crime issues are not, they're not different and they're not all that different sometimes from a virus or from certain diseases and uh, they may start in one community and spread to the neighboring community or persons in one community impact the activities in other communities or the violence is is driven by tensions between members of one community and another or people who live in, in one community need to cross certain barriers to go to work, to go to school, to go see their family members, and so um, these community lines are, have meaning, but, but the violence doesn't stop at, where, at one side of the street, and so it's important that our interventions have the flexibility to address where things start and where the problems are.
1: Okay, Mr. Tipo, we are going to take a break now to hear from our sponsors, and we will be right back.
2: A toast only works if it's shared with others, even when we're miles apart. So let's cheer each other on. Cheers to the best in life. Drink and live responsibly. A message from Red Stripe, part of the Heineken Company. Manpower, I bet you live live you. Searching for a one-stop solution to all your facilities maintenance needs? Visit Manpower Maintenance Services sales and distribution center. We stock a wide range of COVID 19 washroom, cleaning, and other supplies, gardening tools, chemicals, and more. Our experts are always ready to give you the best advice. Manpower Maintenance Services Sales and Distribution Center, 14 Collins Green Avenue, Kingston, Freeport Commercial Center, Montego Bay, and 33 Ward Avenue, Mandeville. Visit or call us today, 876 920 see Welcome back
1: to Impact in Jamaica. We are speaking with Paul Teepo, Chief of Party for the USAID Positive Pathways Activity. Uh, Mr. Teepo, thank you for staying with us. Thank you. All right, so you did mention earlier in our conversation that with the ongoing coronavirus pandemic, uh, there are so many persons in these communities that have been dislocated, Uh, their funds our source of income have um, been depleted. So can you tell us if you have provided grants for these communities and if you can be more specific as to what the program is doing to help some of these communities, especially during this time?
2: We've started over the past year, we've really focused on building some, what we call basic and cross-cutting skills in things like social behavioral science, positive youth development, parenting engagement, financial literacy, and support for development. It's been a challenge because of the COVID situation, and we've had to use a mixture of virtual and in-person activities um, in order to to reach out to community members. Um, As I mentioned earlier, we've got got about 15 different uh, small grants that are that have some of them have already started others are soon to be start a couple are through in uh, in the approval process still that are looking at youth engagement through life skills activities um, through parenting classes through a lot of activities where you bring parents and youth together we're doing some training of mentors mentors in the different communities so it's a mixture of, of a lot of different activities in the upcoming weeks very soon, we're going to be launching a, a large uh, series of grants or, or grant activities, what we call a parenting cluster. So it's an, a number of parenting engagement activities, all designed for parents to be able to improve their skills, and and we'll and we'll be doing the same or similar activities in each of those 12 communities. And then then we're going to have more financial literacy activities, financial engagement activities, mostly for parents, but also for youth. Um, and then we have a youth cluster activity that will all be launching early next year.
1: Now, USAID Positive Pathways has offered future violence prevention intervention activities. And you've just mentioned some of those. But- I wanted to tell me what are the objectives of the project going forward and how can persons get more information about the Positive Pathways Program?
2: Well, our objectives going forward are the same as those that when we started. In the end, we're, we want to help youth parents and caregivers develop the skills and resilience they need to avoid and prevent violence. And we want and to be a posit, be on a positive pathway for the future. And we want to work in cooperation with communities and with Jamaican government, and with Jamaican private sector, so that these activities uh, can, can be sustained beyond the USAID funding. Uh, but if I could, I'd love to tell you about a really cool opportunity we have going right now.
0: Sure. Um, sure. We've
2: got, um, we're looking for 12 young video storytellers one from each of each of these target communities. Storytellers can be between the ages of 10 to 24, and we have this competition going on. Um, it's, we're asking for youth to send us a mini documentary, no more than five minutes. They can shoot it with a phone. We're not asking for it to be uh, production quality, commercial quality. What we're looking for are authentic stories of uh, told from the perspective of a young person, Highlighting their community, showing the pride and uniqueness of each of these 12 communities. And they're highlighting the story of a member of the community who has made steps to provide a positive financial future for their family. I, I think we all know these people. Uh, this is the mother, the father, the couple that, despite having this very low income, I think we all know that person that. They may be one of the poorest members of our communities, yet their kids are well taken care of. Their kids have what they need. Their kids are able to to, uh, have better opportunities. I, I know a I know a lady who sells fruit on the street and someone told me, says, she's been selling fruit on the street, but you want and you know, making a meager income, but yet all of her kids are educated. She worked so hard, all of them got to school. So we want to learn what she did. How, what are the lessons that she can teach us? And that and that person lives in every community in Jamaica, and so we're gonna we're asking twelve young people to are asking young people to find those stories and submit their, their mini documentaries to us, and we're going to have a, a a competition to find to pick the best one from each of the communities. We will use we'll then work with those young video storytellers to turn their mini documentaries into either a large documentary or a series of of programs or documentaries to share all over Jamaica again with the ultimate goal is that people can learn from other Jamaicans learn from the behaviors of of other successful Jamaicans but the added bonus of this is that we'll be selecting these 12 young video storytellers from the communities they can win prizes uh, valued at 50,000 Jamaica each, they will also receive training on how to, to develop documentaries or, or to improve in their craft as video storytellers. So we think it's a win-win for everyone and we hope that we just get hundreds of applications.
1: All right, so let's, let's um, recap the communities again um, for Kingston and St. Andrew, Denham Town, Hannah Town and Jonestown. For St. Catherine, Gregory Park, Nagohead and Newland. For Clarendon, Maypen, Effortville and Palmer's Cross. For St. James, Flanco, Norwood and Salt Spring. So young people, the USAID Positive Pathways Program, they're looking for you and they want 12 mini documentaries with authentic stories Telling about persons in your community that have been doing extremely well on the little that they have. All right, Mr. Tippu. So, persons who want to get in touch with the U.S. Aid Positive Pathways Initiative, how can they do so?
2: Yes. Uh, so, Kishav. First of all, thank you again for this opportunity. Uh, thank you to your listeners for for uh, for paying attention and uh, your interest in, in the work that we're doing. On Facebook, you can find us on at Positive Pathways JA. We're on Instagram, positive underscore pathways, JA. And you can also look for us on the democracyinternational.com website. Look for the Jamaica page.
1: Okay, fantastic. Uh, Mr. Tipo, thank you so much for the work that USAID is doing in Jamaica and we hope that this intervention activity in these communities will continue to
0: bear fruit. Impact in Jamaica is powered by the Philip and Christine Gore Family Foundation, Manpower and Maintenance Services Limited, the Jamaica Public Service Company, Red Stripe, Caramed, and Proven Investments Limited. If you or anyone you know is involved with projects and activities that excite, motivate, and encourage, send us an email. To Impacting Jamaica at Gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Do join us again for another in the series on Google Podcast, Audible, Spotify, Podcast Addict, and Stitcher. You can also visit us at ImpactingJamaica.com.